Hello everybody and welcome to the Sam's Report. It is another lovely Friday here and we got a bunch of stuff going on. Um, a lot of questions this week which is awesome and I'll kick things off and then we got a little unboxing. Actually Dell just sent me something and I got it uh, quite literally about 15 minutes ago and so we will dive right in. Uh, first up most importantly I'm going to be on vacation next week. Yep. Yep, I, I'm actually going to Disney World, taking my kid there. Uh, my wife is obviously going too. And so I haven't been to Disney World 20 years or so. Yeah, actually, probably has been about 20 years. Uh, so anyways, I, I don't know if there will be a show next week. If it will be, if, if it does happen, I can almost guarantee it will not be live um, because I'll be in a hotel uh, with my family. And <laughs> uh, keeping a toddler at bay is just not going to happen. It's really not going to happen. But anyways, so we'll be on vacation next week. Um, should be good. Anyways, been looking forward to this for a while. Kid is stoked. She's uh, three and a half. So she, she's going to lose her little mind uh, seeing princesses and all that good stuff. So I um, want to dive right in here, mostly because I want to open this thing up. So Dell sent me this. Um, I haven't opened it yet. And let's see if we can get this thing open. See if we can get this thing open without breaking it. Alright. There we go. And flip the camera up top. Make it a little bit easier here. So what do we have? It's tiny. I'm guessing this is probably like a power power cord, or is this just an empty box? It might just be that might just be an empty box. Put that down here. Actually, it feels like it's a little heavy. Da, 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 da. Here it is. So it's exactly what I thought it would be. So this is the new uh, Dell XPS 13. So warranty cards and whatnot. This is a brand new one. Um, this is a review unit, by the way, for those who are curious. So sometimes we don't always get brand, brand new stuff, but sometimes they're demo units and whatnot. Um, yeah, so this is the brand new Dell XPS 13 with fingerprint reader, which I'm actually very excited about. Um, very nice, very nice. And so flip that camera back around. You can see here. This is kind of, you know, it does one of these bendy things. Um, I, the, one of the reasons I'm really excited this is here, I'm going to be taking this on my vacation next week. And so this is going to be my machine. This is, I mean, this is the best way to review this stuff, right? You just take it with it. You got to live and die by what's going on. I have had one of these before. Um, I had one of the first Dell XPS 13s here. You'll probably get a nice reflection off the lights, but um, you can kind of see there. Those are the two bright lights. Um, you can see that display goes all the way to the end. Uh, I had one of these previously and I loved it. And so the only reason I got rid of it is because Microsoft started coming out with new surface stuff and um, you know that those machines are a little bit faster. but this one has the latest Intel processors. Uh, I the one thing I really like about these is the size. And so this will work well because I've got this sticker on my surface book. but you can see like the, the size footprint here of the two devices. So obviously service book in the back and Dell in the front here. Uh, 
these things are awesome ultra portable machines and especially if we're trying to get some work done on a plane really excited to actually use that and we'll see how it goes but uh dell xps 13 and i will get more on that once it's done but um should be good should be good so anyways diving into the content this week there's a lot of good stuff going off in the world of microsoft uh, we're going to kick it off here with actually a little bit about HP. Uh, HP actually has, according to some of the stats that come out, um, let's see, they own, they have 24% of the market. And this is in terms of market share for devices do, uh, sold. Dell has about 14%. Uh, Lenovo has 12%. And for those curious, Microsoft only has about 2.5%. 2, 2 and this is uh, looking at the number of machines sold. HP, which we kind of knew was the largest, uh, followed by Dell, then Lenovo. And Microsoft is a very small pittance at 2.5%. But at the same time for Microsoft, that's also a billion dollars. So, you know, you can kind of get some grasp on how much money these companies are making. But it was just a little interesting. But one of the things that uh, also came out from these stats is that Windows 10 users have basically all moved to the anniversary update. Um, it's with over 90% market share at this point. So anniversary update, most people are there, uh, which is good because the creators update here is coming out probably in early April. And um, yeah, so, you know, that'll I'll be curious to see how long that progression takes. But if you remember, it took quite a while to get everyone on to the anniversary update because Microsoft kept saying it's a slow, methodical rollout and uh you know kumbaya and all that stuff the interesting thing also the most widely used and this is bad the most widely used resolution of windows 10 right now which makes up uh, about 33 percent of all usage is 1366 by 768 if you're using that resolution jesus um please upgrade you that's a really old display resolution obviously those things were very widely i suspect um that that number is declining because we don't see that resolution too often anymore. Uh, followed by after that is 1920 by 1080, which is a good resolution. That's that's perfectly fine. Actually, I think this might be a 1080p model because it has better battery life. Uh, followed by 16, and that's at 21% of the market. And then 16 by 9 uh, is 7.8%. So just a little, you know, kind of interesting little tidbits there. Uh, on the Surface, breaking down the Surface stats, Surface Pro 4 dominates Surface usage. This is kind of surprising to me a little bit. I thought Surface Book might be a little bit larger. Uh, but Surface Pro 4 accounts for about 40% of all Surface device usage, followed by Surface Pro 3 at 27%, and then Surface 3 at 14.2%. And finally, Surface Pro 1 is at 7.3%. And where's the Surface Book in all this? Uh, Surface Book is about 6.3%. So just kind of breaking it down, but the Surface Pro 4 is, where is mine? Mine's, well, it's up over there. I'm not going to go get it. Uh, Surface Pro 4 is by far the most popular Surface. Not surprising. I think there's a lot of price conscious consumers out there and Surface Pro 4 has always been a little bit cheaper. Um, it's a little bit more modern-ish of a device. If people are kind of looking, trying to be like, I don't know, uber hip or cool or whatever, a Surface Pro 4 looks a little bit more modern, I guess, than say a Surface Book. But I really think it comes down to price point. I honestly do. And it kind of just shows that, yeah, um, Surface Pro 4, which by all means, we know, have to know Surface Pro 5 is coming if it's that popular. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's really all there is to say about that. So if you watched the show last week, uh, I, I gave a kind of a subtle hint that I was working on something big and I couldn't quite talk about it yet because I didn't quite have all the details and I was working on it. I ended up posting it on Saturday or Sunday afternoon, which is not a great time for scoops. But when it's a big scoop like the one that I had... It, it it resonated well, and I got backlinks from everywhere, from like Wall Street websites and everything else. Um, so here's the deal: Hololens Two. The tip that I got was that Hololens Two was canceled, and yeah, 
It is. HoloLens version 2 is is dead. Like, it's canceled. Now, granted, when I got that headline or that tip, I was like, hmm, that doesn't really make sense because Microsoft has been championing HoloLens. So I did some additional poking. I could have quite honestly just ran and just on the podcast and be like, HoloLens 2 version 2 is canceled. And then people would have gone nuts. And rightfully so, because that's not the complete story. And, and I really sat on this, which is extremely hard for me to do because I'm a very anxious person. But I sat on it because I was like, there's got to be more to the story. And I eventually found out what the what happens and what's going on is that Microsoft is working on HoloLens V3 and they're, they're skipping version 2. Let me explain why. Microsoft has put a lot of emphasis on its competitors lately uh, saying, hey, what are they doing in the marketplace of, in, spe- in this specific area uh, of um, augmented reality, mixed reality, whatever you want to call it. And so Microsoft has been looking at Magic League because that's kind of the darling of the industry, at least it was. You know, they've gotten a couple billion dollars in financing. Um, they've got Google backing them. They've got a lot of big name backers. They made a lot of big promises. And the product hasn't materialized in any capacity, right? People were expecting it to be shown off potentially at CES. Um, there was one leaked picture of it, but, you know, there's claims that that's not really it. So Microsoft has been waiting for Magic Leap to put something out um, by my accounts for about six to seven months, and it hasn't happened. And so what they're looking at with version two, per my understanding of the device, is that it, it you know, it made things a little bit smaller, made it a little bit better, I believe improved battery life, but it didn't fix the primary issue of field of view. And so what you were going to get was just a, essentially a smaller version of V1, I would assume potentially at a lower price point, but it's not fixing the primary issue of field of view. And so when they're looking at this device saying, hey, look, we can build this device and when we build it, then we got to support it. And we got to put all that effort and energy into building this product and selling it. Um, but it's not really fixing the core problem that we know from V1. And so, and they looked at the marketplace and said, you know what, nobody else is shipping a product right now why are we going to bend over backwards to get V2 out when there's no real direct competition at this point from a large company? So that is kind of their thought mentality. So they they shelved it and they're moving directly to version three, which per my understanding of their roadmap, by not supporting and building out version two, they can actually get version three, which is supposed to fix the field of view issue to market earlier. Now, earlier is 2019 uh, is when it's supposed to go on sale. But what I don't know is if that going on sale is the consumer version, which means the developer version could come out earlier. So keep that in mind. But this was kind of a really big deal because Microsoft has championed HoloLens. I mean, it's everywhere. And I didn't want to, you know, sell the story that Microsoft is giving up on HoloLens because it didn't make sense knowing everything I've, I've heard about Microsoft. And so I, I waited that extra week to find out more. And it was really worth the effort because I think I wrote a much more cohesive and accurate story about the foretelling of where HoloLens is going rather than saying, because if I would have wrote up V2 is dead, people would be like, oh my God, Microsoft is giving up on HoloLens. And then all of a sudden, like at Build, they talk more about HoloLens. You're like, Brad, you said HoloLens is dead. Um, I don't believe that it's dead. I just think that they're, they're looking at the roadmap and saying, look, HoloLens is not a business for Microsoft right now. Yes, they sell, sell the stuff. Uh, but it's not like Azure. It's not like Windows. It's not like Office. There's there is there's a there's a rush to get a good product to the market, but there's an even bigger risk if they get a bad product to market. Right? Imagine if they come out with Hololens V2, and it's just kind of like meh, and then it taints the whole thing, and then they they're kind of off kilter with it. And so I I do genuinely think this is the right move for the company because here's the other thing people don't consider: if V2 was really just like V1, but a little bit smaller, a little bit better battery life, a little bit better pricing. Um, what they can do is if, let's say, Magic Leap comes out of nowhere and, and says, we're going to launch a product in July, Microsoft very easily could take HoloLens V1 and say, you know what, that, that device is now 1200 bucks. 
right? They can cut the price on that. That's what people don't seem to think. And it's the, essentially the same product, sure, a little bit bigger, but they have mass production capabilities. They don't need to spin up new support. And I think it makes sense. I think that's the way that they could go. I don't think they're betting on Magic Leap coming out with anytime soon because they first have to build the product. Then they have to get it in developer hands because they can't launch their own thing with like three apps. That doesn't really make sense. And so there's that. Also, keep this in mind. Microsoft is pushing these HMDs, these head-mounted displays from like Dell, Acer, Asus, all this stuff. Uh, we're going to see that materialize here probably relatively soon, I would think. Um, they already showed them off at uh, CES. That is running Windows Holographic, which is what uh, HoloLens basically runs itself. What I'm wondering here is if Microsoft is pushing these HMDs out, and that will kind of fill the gap for their AR, VR stuff for the time that HoloLens V2 isn't available. But what they're going to get is hopefully apps, hopefully get development input into those um, HMDs. And then that stuff will transport nicely over to HoloLens, right? It's a nice little strategy. They can, get, they can leverage that platform, push the risk onto other vendors, and let them build out that ecosystem. And then they come out with their hero device, the HoloLens V3, that has a nice app ecosystem and use cases. And bada bing, bada boom, it, the market materializes much better than if they tried to shove out a consumer version now when there really isn't a market for it yet. The thing is, um, I heard one source say that V2 was good, but it was not a mass market device. Like consumers would buy this thing and they'd be like, yeah, this is a novelty. Um, it wasn't quite ready yet. And I totally buy that, that scenario. So keep that in mind about HoloLens. I'll be curious to see if anything else happens about it. Um, but yeah, moving on. So Groove Music Maker, been talking about that a lot. And by a lot, I mean not a lot because Microsoft hasn't told us anything. So I officially pinged them and said, hey, guys, uh, is Groove Music Maker coming with the anniversary or the creator's update? And they said, we're not telling you anything. Wasn't quite those words, uh, but they're not going to, they, they just said no comment. Uh, what I really wanted to know is if Groove Music Maker is going to ship with the creator's update or if they're going to pull that crap where they say, hey, it's going to ship during the life cycle of the creator's update. And so that doesn't really make sense. It kind of needs to be there day one. We haven't heard a word about it and um, beginning to wonder when or if that's going to show up. So anyways, uh, no builds of Windows this week so far. There's still a potential that it could come today, but it's been really quiet. And I don't really know why they, I don't know if they're doing bug bashing and they're pushing a lot of bug fixes in this update, which sometimes does happen where they, they did have a bug uh, bashing program. They try to, you know, put all the fixes in and then they kind of got to delay things a little bit. I don't know if that's related to this, um, but yeah, no builds, a little odd. I thought we would start seeing them at a higher cadence, but maybe this is kind of them building up for figuring out what's going to be the creator's update. Other things that have happened in the Windows world this week. Microsoft has pushed out actually a lot of updates for apps so mail and calendar, which I use all the time. And I do like Paul hates it. Uh, I quite like it. So that now has at mail mentions. So if you're typing something and you type at uh, like Paul or whatever, it will then add them to the email. Uh, more colorful calendars. You can now event code colors in the calendar event code. You can code events to a certain color in the calendars. Uh, what else? There's better travel reservation and package delivery support, meaning, hey, like I just got this package. It now gets added to the calendar and they're, they're streamlining the calendar improvement process to make it a little bit more like Office 365. Groove was also updated and TV and movies were also updated. So I'm wondering if that's actually related to some of this stuff that's coming out. Uh, some of the delays in this update. Not quite sure. Still kind of poking around. I don't like this is one of the things that there's not a lot of reward for me to figure out why. Because uh, they'll tell us here in a few weeks. So I'm not putting too much effort into it. Like the HoloLens stuff, 
uh, it took me almost two weeks from end to end of tip to publication, which is an extremely long time. Because typically, when you get a tip like this stuff, so here's my thought on this. Like when someone sends me a tip and I know it's a good stuff, um, if I can get that information, other people like Mary Jo or Paul or anybody else in the Windows ecosystem, they can get this information too. So it's kind of like you got to rush, but you don't want to be foolish and you got to be right. Um, and so it was a very stressful time trying to wait and sit on that stuff. But uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, other things that have happened this week, Apple has, I, I don't know if it's just me or anybody else is seeing this, Apple has done an, a ton of iPad Pro commercials, and they're showing up everywhere, at least online. I don't watch much TV, but on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, all the social media platforms, it's like saying, hey, uh, if your iPad Pro, if you had an iPad Pro, you want to get PC viruses. And this is an actual commercial. If you, if you had an iPad Pro, you want to get PC viruses. Well, no kidding, because they're written for a PC. Um, I know that I know what they're pointing out, right? Obviously, it's like uh, iPads and uh, iPhones don't get viruses, um, but iPads don't have SD card slots. They also don't have USB slots. Um, they also also don't support multi-factor or multi-account. Uh, I, I think they're trying to push these things. There's rumors that there's going to be an Apple March event where they're going to sell more iPads. Maybe they're trying to clear inventory of they've got a lot of these iPad Pros sitting around. I don't know. I've occasionally seen people use them, but I think Apple was expecting them to catch on more, and they really didn't as a PC replacement. I know people have them and love them dearly. I am not one of those people. I, I thought about buying one just to see if I could use it for a week, but, um, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's not for me. It's not for me. That, that's, I, I don't mind Macs. I don't mind even iOS. I, I mean, shoot, I'm, I have an Apple watch, but the iPad pro, I think is a, a forced product into a market that Apple was hoping would materialize and hasn't quite done so yet. Well, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with that stuff. Um, other fun things. This came out this morning. Google accidentally reset uh, all their OnHub and Wi-Fi routers. Uh, there was a, an issue with their Google accounts. If you yesterday had a problem where your iOS device or Android device or whatever said, hey, you got to log back into your Google accounts. It wasn't because it was hacked. It was they had some uh, back end issues that kind of goofed things up. The bigger issue here to me is that, hey, how did the, Google actually reset those routers? Was that intentional? Was it a feature? Was it a bug? That's more annoying than anything else. Um, so there's that. So I got a lot of questions this week. I was kind of not rushing through. I, I generally talk at a pretty quick rate. Where is my mouse? There it is. Uh, oh, my God. Up to like 17 questions this week. So we're going to we're gonna dive into these because I love this stuff. Uh Chris Kez writes, as Windows developers, has a group ever done less with more? Um, Microsoft seems to have done everything possible short of writing the apps. Uh, and the Windows Store is mostly a wasteland. Microsoft, again, has, again, hosts thousands of developers that build this year, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so what I think the point he's getting at is Microsoft gives developers a ton of stuff, right? Uh, for the Windows Store, they basically allow you to port any app. Um, from iOS to Win32 to the web app um, into the Windows Store, and it has never Windows Store is still uh, it's more like the Dollar Store than Nordstrom or Macy's at this point. And to Chris's point, thousands of people every year go to build, whether or not they're just looking for a vacation on the corporate dime uh, or whatever. But Microsoft gives these developers so much, and yet they don't really return the favor. And so here's my kind of thought on that, is the developers at this point, I think, in the Microsoft world are mostly enterprise-focused, right? They're SAP developers, they're PeopleSoft, 
Um, they're building extensions for applications that are enterprise worthy because that's where Microsoft's bread and butter is, right? You're going to make a lot more money on enterprise software than you are in the app store. If you're writing consumer apps, it doesn't make sense so much to write for Microsoft anymore. It makes more sense to write for iOS and Android. So I think the developers who go to build are all enterprise, like SharePoint stuff, Office 365, um, potentially, obviously you want to learn about Visual Studio, Azure-related so I, I don't think it's that people are de definitely doing less. I think it's that the focus is just not on the consumer side, which makes sense to some uh, extent. So Imanan2121 asked, does Microsoft plan to make a meaningful consumer app again? E.g. a Photos app such as Google Photos, Groove that was as good as Zune, uh, or Dropbox is improved as much as OneDrive, or Im improve OneDrive up to Dropbox level. So... This is what I often refer to as the 90% rule with Microsoft. Microsoft is very good at taking a product or a concept 90% of the way there, and then they just kind of like, meh. And this is this is exactly what you're talking about, like Groove, or, or the Photos app. Photos app is even better. Photos apps is okay. It gets the job done. It's not really great, but it works. You know, if you don't, if you don't know anything else, it's fine. But it's 90% of the way there. They need to get that extra 10% finesse to really make it a good app. OneDrive is the same way. Um... It's 90% of the way there. Groove, again, same way, 90%. Edge, Edge is getting there, but Edge is, again, 90% of the way. It's great, but they're missing that last 10%. Now, granted, they're putting, it appears to be a lot more effort into Edge lately, um, mostly because I don't think it's getting the market share that Microsoft is hoping, and they're getting really concerned about that. Um, but that, that's the rule with Microsoft. Just I, I joke about it, but it really is, honest to God, real like 90 percent, they build apps 90 percent of the way there and then those last 10 percent is quite frankly pulling teeth from microsoft to get those final features out like mail has taken a very long time to materialize um calendar same way now they're granted they're okay now but again they're not they're not full featured uh there's a lot of sorting issues like search on these ma on those apps is garbage uh, filtering is even bad so it's a, they're just basic they they get 90 percent of the way there so are they ever going to build a good one again? I don't know. I, I don't think it's, I, I don't know. I, I, I would love to tell you that there's big updates coming. We know there's going to be doing some visual updates to Windows 10, which I should talk more about that later at some point about why I think some of these things happened. Um, but yeah. So will another one come? I don't know. They're, they're very slow at doing updates to some of these apps. So, and, and look at Groove Music Maker. It's like, where is it guys? Um, uh, Michael Martinez asks, he says, given all the emulation talk in Windows 10 Cloud, mobile, and traditional OS via Qualcomm, could Microsoft further kickstart the gaming market by emulating Xbox 360 titles into UWP? So this is a, this is a very fascinating question. Paul and I have talked about this a little bit. Um, I really like this question because there's, it's, it's an interesting idea, mostly because they have this back catalog. We already know they're doing emulation with it on the Xbox One to some extent for all those backward compatible titles. They would likely have to do quite a bit more to get them on the UWP, but machines these days are much more powerful than the Xbox 360 was, so they could certainly do it. The question is, would they? And so I don't know if they would. Hear, hear me out why. Mostly because the resolution of these games is not going to be great, so they're going to require some sort of updating or upscaling like that. Not to mention, the publishers may not be super happy. Now, I could see Microsoft doing like first-person titles that they own outright doing that, but like um, Need for Speed games uh what was the need for speed crashing game that me and my buddies used to play all the time in college it, it, was it burnout i can't remember the whole point of the game was you tried to create the biggest car accident possible and you got points it was a riot i love the game we used to play it in the dorms all the time um 
But would like EA Sports love it if they brought Madden uh, 2008 to the UWP world? Probably not, because then they that's less of likely of a chance they're going to sell new titles. So for third-party publishers, I think it's a, a harder sell because then they can't sell their new products, potentially, unless Microsoft charges money for those games, which if they do, then maybe that's good. I don't, I don't know if I'd be willing to pay for an older game. Who knows? I think it's a very fascinating idea, though. Mostly because I hope that... I honestly hope that Scorpio, when the next generation Xbox comes out, I'd honestly... Uh, and I really hope this because Halo Wars 2 works phenomenally like this, where it's play anywhere, and it is a UWP app for the, the Scorpio and for the Xbox, or the computer, and it, it works that way. I hope that Microsoft takes that mentality. But... Um, it's a fast. This is a really good question. I don't know if they will, but I could honestly see some of the lure of Wyatt. I think it makes a lot of sense on mobile, but I don't know if the mobile devices are going to be powerful enough to do that. Uh, mostly because a Xbox 360 wasn't even 1080p. I don't, uh, it was it was something less. I can't even remember off the top of my head. But that would work really well on a small form factor device. It's an interesting question. So, <laughs> JLV632 asks, uh, is Windows Phone dead? And I know he's joking, but here's my honest thought on that. It's not dead dead, but it's definitely not a priority, right? It's still going to get features. It's going to get features as they trickle down from the desktop. I don't foresee them pushing Windows 10 mobile first before a desktop, um, except for maybe in some continuum areas, possibly. So, uh yeah. Anyways, he, he says this real question is, uh, is the Surface, he says real question is, will the Surface Pro, Surface Pro 5 Book 2 be pointless and almost obsolete on release if they don't move the Surface Connect to USB Type-C? Interesting. Um, so I actually, I, obsolete's probably a, 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 I wouldn't use that strong of a term, but I fully, fully expect that the Surface Book 2 and Surface Pro 5 will charge via USB Type-C, and they better. If they don't, if Microsoft sticks with this, I don't think I can make it, reach. I don't know. If Microsoft sticks with this stupid connector, where's my camera? This thing right here, I over Type-C, this thing is, I hate this thing. Um, this is that, is, that connector is by far probably the weakest point of the Surface Book. And I, I cannot stand it. And so will they replace it with Type-C? They better. I actually, thought they might do it with the last gen um, remember the surface 3 charged via usb type type 3 or type 2 and so this is that's not unprecedented for them to go down that route i fully expect um, them to charge it actually looking at this dell i believe this dell type is on type c so that makes me happy that makes me very happy so i i, I don't want to say they're obsolete if they do that but it will be really they'll get a lot of bad headlines if that's true uh, Rob seven, <laughs> Rob seven says, I think I may be the only person with a windows phone, 950 XL and all the major updates seem to have stopped. Are we going to see any activity soon? Uh, like I just mentioned, it, it's your updates coming to windows phone are going to be trickled down from the desktop. There's no longer a focus on the, on the, not, there's not no focus, but the priority is on desktop. It's no longer, it's not mobile and desktop. It's just desktop. And so Desktop will get features first, and then they'll move their way to mobile. I, I I would not expect to see things to start going the anyway other way anytime soon. So uh, C1, C2, C3, C4 asks. He says, uh, "Do you suppose that the Surface Phone will have a performance based? Ooh, interesting question. Performance based. Do you support? Do you su 
do you suppose the Surface Phone will have Xbox controller support? Uh, do you suppose the Surface Phone will have cloud games with Scorpio? So, I don't know if it'll have a performance base. I guess it, I guess wording here is key. I expect that it would have a dock. That's what I'm, I'm expecting, like an Elite X3 type phone here uh, that will have a dock and that it'll connect. Um, X, the controller support very well could. That would be interesting. Um, I actually, I could see the dock supporting it. I don't know how much internal requirements it takes to actually support the Xbox controller, but that would be super neat. I know the, like the Surface Studio, for example, supports the Xbox controller without any additional hardware. I would expect the Surface Book 2 and potentially Pro 5 to support that. Uh, so I think that's probably the key to watch. If those two devices do support it, then I think it's more likely the phone will. So, so, uh, Chris, Chris Arthur, oh, it looks like Chris Arthur, Dell XPS 15, 20, 2017 model versus HP Spectre 15 model. The Dell seems to come with a much better video card. How is this not one of the better laptops? This is a great touchpad, why no love? The UHD screen is fantastic, form factored, blah, blah, blah. Uh, da, 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 da. So will there be a comparison? Um, you know, I will give more, I'll give a better opinion on the Dell XPS 15. This is the 13. I think uh, we, we sent Paul the 15. And so my kind of honest thought is I need to see, like, if this Dell is up to the same, HP makes some really good machines these days. Um, they really do. And so my, I need to kind of play with this guy and get a better opinion about if Dell's quality is kind of still up there where it used to be. Um, I haven't used a Dell machine probably in about 12 to 14 months or so and make sure this thing is good. I, my gut tells me right now you honestly can't go wrong with either. And video card support is is key if you're going to be gaming or specifically doing any type of video editing. So keep that in mind. If you're doing video editing, I almost always default to the better video card. So, uh, Spartan fan asks, Outlook.com Premium worth it if you are not interested in the personalized email accounts? Does the automatic sharing relationships for calendar contacts add anything over it? You can easily set up yourself. Ad free is nice, but not worth it. Um, so if you're not going to use the custom uh, personalized email accounts like that? No, then I don't think it's worth it. Like that's the only reason I would pay for that stuff. Um, the ad free again, nice, but the ads aren't too really intrusive in outlook.com. And not to mention that most, at least my primary use of outlook.com outlook email isn't actually through outlook.com. So I've never seen those ads. Um, so it's not really a big deal. If you're not going to use the personalized domain in that, in that stuff, no, I don't think it's worth it. Honestly. Um, Brandon Pierce asks, he asked, uh, Skyline or Gold Star? Those are two local chili companies in Cincinnati. Skyline, any day of the week, Gold Star's crap. Uh, Ryan Cott, is Microsoft ever going to update Bing Maps with the zoom out feature? So this is a question uh, that brings me back to the September event. It was a September, October event for the Surface Studio. They showed off an updated Bing Maps app with new features. But again, we haven't seen this yet. I don't think it's shipping in the latest Insider builds. Uh, it's probably sitting there right next to the Groove Music Maker. So are they going to do it? I think they will, but we haven't seen a lot of love from it. So uh, a lot of Windows Phone questions this week. He also asked, he says, at the height of Windows Phone had over 10% market share on Australia. And I'm pretty sure a few European countries had uh, high market share as well. And yet it would take forever for these features to get outside the U.S. Uh, so what he's talking about here is Cortana and Zune and some of the other things. Microsoft thinks of the global map as the U.S., sometimes Canada. Um, and that's really about it. They are extremely slow at putting their services, even hardware and anything else outside the U.S. I don't know why they, they take so long to do this. Maybe they're scared of spending too much money on that stuff. 
But I do totally think that that had an impact on Windows Phone market share. And it may, did not make a lot of sense at all from Microsoft's perspective. I know in like uh, Italy, for example, a lot of European countries had really high, I mean, high being like 10%, even Australia is to your point, had high Windows Phone market share. And Microsoft just was like, yeah, like they didn't really nurture those relationships that they had already built and that were growing because uh, they focused so much on the U.S. where they weren't getting much traction at all. And so I think that was a completely over, a huge oversight on Microsoft's part about their Windows Phone strategy. It was not nurturing the, the markets that were doing really well for them. Uh, McNala asks, have you have any insider information? And when you're in the U.K., again, this goes back to what we just talked about, we able to test book reading from the Windows Store. No, I haven't. Um, based on everything else, it might be a little bit. And I don't understand why this takes so long. I don't know if it's a DRM issue or what, but that I, I, I don't. I could probably ask, but uh, I haven't heard directly about when that feature is coming to the UK. And coming up here on, oh God, Panacelius, I guess it appears to be the name. Uh, this is, I have a couple questions, sort of. Uh, is an ultra mobile, mobile device that can make calls a smartphone how does it differ from the existing ultra mobile devices that make calls which use android or ios is microsoft really avoiding using the words like windows phone or surface phone so this is a really good question mostly because what i've kind of heard that they might be doing with surface phone isn't so much a phone it's more of a surface uh mobile or surface pocket as some people call it like if you i know this is an iphone here but if this was just a device that was a computer that also had to make the ability to make phone calls um, is it really a phone or a smartphone or what is it? It's a good question. Uh, what I really want to see is devices like this to be able to make cell calls on Verizon's network. What I don't understand why Verizon and these other companies are doing, and I know they could do it with a virtualized SIM, is allow me to put a Verizon app on my desktop. And when my phone rings, I can answer it on my PC. Uh, you take that scenario and then put it on a Surface device, then you have a Surface phone, uh, and that's it. I don't know why these companies aren't doing this. I can't, I don't know if it's some huge technical limitation, but it seems like it should be easy enough to do that kind of thing. And I think that's what you're hitting at is if they build a surface pocket that says, Hey, you can put any virtual SIM you want in here. And eSIM technology is coming. If you're not familiar with it, that's AT&T, T-Mobile, Verizon or whatever. And then it's a surface phone. I think that's might be where they're going uh, with a dock and that kind of stuff. That seems to make the most sense. Uh, second question from this individual, it says, like a ghost from the past, Nokia is expected to release a new device at Mobile World Congress. It is not a Nokia Microsoft paid 7.2, but it's not the Nokia that Microsoft paid 7.2 billion for. It is Nokia's staff Microsoft let go and are building a new phone with Nokia design and Android OS. Here's a retro thought. Nokia has a big global following. And when Stephen Elop said that Windows Phone was, uh, <laughs> when Elop sided with Windows Phone, there's an audible gasp and groan from the audience at the Burning Memo stuff. If you're not familiar with Burning Memo, I go re definitely recommend go uh, Google that and figure it out. Uh, will any U.S.-based journalist notice? So what he's hitting at here is Nokia's coming out with a new phone. Um, it's going to be more Android-based. It's not going to be their same stuff because Microsoft bought all those assets, and I don't believe they've sold them back. Uh, and they definitely don't have the factories and all that kind of stuff. Here's my my thoughts on android android is not a savior um it did not save blackberry um htc is struggling it's not android does not fix things um if this phone's going to sell it's going to sell because it's nokia but i don't think it's going to be the nokia that people remember and people may not be willing to buy it because it's it, what what's the advantage of buying a nokia android phone um versus uh 
a Nexus, like a, a Google Pixel or a Nexus 5X or an HTC. There's no, I, I'll be curious and, and I'll bite my tongue if they come out with some huge competitive advantage, but like cameras can't be their advantage anymore because they, every company on the planet now has really good cameras. Apple has great cameras. Google has great cameras. Um, that The Lumia's had great cameras. Like that's not a, that's not a competitive feature anymore. And so I, I don't know how Nokia is going to differentiate themselves other than through just nostalgia of Nokia, the brand name. But at we'll be, I'll be watching it when, at Windows Central, uh, at Mobile World Congress, to see what actually goes on with Nokia to see, hey, is this actually going to materialize into something that's going to sell? Or is this them just saying, hey, you know what, this is going to work um, because we have a brand. I don't know. It didn't work out so well for BlackBerry, and they had a really strong, like a really strong brand too. Oh, Kumbaya! Who? Good God! I'm, I'm saying a lot of Disney references because that's like we've been loading up on Disney movies, I'm trying to get my kid, and she keeps, uh, she keeps saying she is going to ask Tinkerbell how to teach her how to fly. It's adorable if you have a toddler. I, I, I'll be curious to see how I like it. I'm definitely taking this Dell on the road to give that a thorough review. Um. And when I get back, I'll have some thoughts definitely on that and see how it goes. Which makes me wonder, I wonder what iteration of Windows that's on. Hopefully it's on the anniversary update. Otherwise, i got to do some downloadings. Downloadings and updatings. Uh, so tip of the week, this guy is... I, I don't want to give the impression, and I am hoping that I did a good job of it, that HoloLens is not dead. It is not dead. Um, somebody tweeted at me, they, they said, HoloLens got the Windows phone treatment. No, it, it's definitely not. Um... No, it's definitely not. So, uh, HoloLens is definitely live. Keep an eye out for it. I think there's going to be more things uh, going on with HoloLens. And I think they're going to... Actually, I don't think. I know they're going to continue investing into version V1 uh, significantly. And so, just keep that in mind and keep your eyeballs open for anything else. If nothing else, uh, Surface Book 2 and Pro 5, we should hopefully start to see some leaks and stuff about that here in the relative near future. We got uh, creators update on the horizon and all sorts of good stuff. All sorts of good stuff. This is, we're back, I don't know, like I've, I've said this before, I think it's fun to be talking about Microsoft again. Uh, not that it hasn't been for a little bit, but like right now there's a lot of, there's a lot of things moving around. And uh, good stuff, good, good stuff. We'll end on a little bit of enterprise stuff, which I totally forgot about. Microsoft opened up two new data centers in uh, Korea, and they're all so now supporting uh, Google's container technology on Azure. So that's kind of just neat stuff. So as always, guys, uh, I'm hoping to record a show next week, but if I if if I'm still hopped up on probably uh, the amphetamines that Disney pumps into all their stuff, I may not be able to. But um, if nothing else, I'll definitely be back in two weeks, right back here. But as always, guys, have a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next time.